I'ma let one of my bad bitches tell y'all how much paper I got. Baby, what we living like? 20 houses. What else? 50 cars. Yeah. <laughs> what I make you feel like? Priceless, baby. Oh. Uh, you live for me? Every day. You'll die for me? Right now. Oh. Uh, <laughs> double and Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be. Welcome to the One Perspective to Another podcast, episode 59. I got a special guest in the building. I'm actually in his building right now. We out here in the Frisco. SF, because I'm from the town, I say SF. The city. The city. The city. You hear him in the background. The man, the myth, the legend, Bobby, in the building. How you feeling right now? Yes, yes. Hello, everyone. It is I. I'm Bobby. Been way too long out here with my homie Aaron. We doing our thing. You know, just ready to get into this podcast, man. Ready to talk about these topics. Ready to get into this Ross album. There's a whole bunch we can talk about. Man, TV's been hitting. This top 50's been hitting. Music's been hitting. We out here. <laughs> this guy definitely already knows how to podcast. There's nothing I need to do. So we just going to get right into it. First, I'm going to thank the sponsors real quick. Shout out to Anchor. We're available on all podcast platforms. Shout out to Two Oak. If you need your weed, if you need your your rubs, if you need your anything, help you go to sleep, check them out. Link in, uh, information's in the bio. Check them out on Instagram. Tell them the boss sent you 20% off right now. They got some good stuff, and we're going to hop into it. And first, give you a little bit more background on this man right here, Bobby. He is a secret artist, one of the most dopest artists that I know. He ain't going to talk about that shit because he a hip-hop head. He's an actual hip-hop historian. But that's what we're going to get into first right now is this Ross album. It's my fucking license plate. It's the album that I've been waiting on for so long, and it's finally here. And what do you think about it? Man, you know, we've been waiting a few years for this Ross album to really come in. You know, us dedicated Ross fans, we're patient like that so we can stay slapping the old stuff and still be, still be in our bag and feeling our groove and everything. Um... But this new album, it came out, 9 o'clock, our time, 12 o'clock in the East Coast for all of y'all who are listening out there. And as soon as I hit it, I was in my bag. I was feeling my old school stuff. You know, I've already been through it maybe six, seven times since I got it. And it's, it's got me in my flow. There's not much you can really say about it. Ross is really in his Port of Miami bag. Yes. Port of Miami, too. Ten, tenth album. Uh... For me personally, I've been listening since 8.58 on Thursday. It's been on repeat. Listen to it all day today. Uh, and it's, it's classic Ross. It's the Ross that I've been waiting for. It's, it's legendary. The way he, he's spitting the game. Like I told Bobby earlier, off mic. I'm on my Joe Button bag right now. But, uh, like, he just talking his 444. This is Rick Ross's 444. It's not next level like go god but it's it's rick ross as a go god to make you understand like this is what you're supposed to be on this is what you got going this is who you need to be having around you like and you gotta really listen to ross that's why i listened to this shit about six times already like the his flow is just it's legendary that's the only way i can that's the only way i can describe it the flow the flow is crazy you know he's i was like he said off mic we had a little discussion and 
there's things in this album where us being out here in the West Coast and being from California, we don't really understand. You know, I don't really understand, you know, being on the port and living that lifestyle, you know, with my shirt open, with the breeze coming through. <laughs> that's not, that's not, that's not what we live out here. But you know what, Ross, for that, for that hour and whatever minutes, yo, I was really in my Miami bag. I'm out here in the San Francisco weather, fucking 57 degrees. Cloudy. And cloudy. <laughs> but yet I'm feeling like I need to have a linen shirt open. That's that's just the vibe that it's hitting me with. And, you know, I think a big part of that really has to do with, with the production value. I'm a production guy, and that's really what I get off on when we listen to the hip-hop industry and all that stuff. And I think Epic really did a, did a good job with really, how can I say this, um, kind of paper macheing the album to, to layer ways for us to... To feel that, you know, because the other albums, it's a Def Jam production. Like I was saying earlier off, Mike, it kind of, they gave Ross that, that freedom for him to kind of put together his album and kind of create that Miami vibe. Whereas this time, they took that away from him. It's not bad or anything, but they kind of already gave him the blueprint. Like, look, we already know what you want to do. We're going to help you tailor the album to that Miami vibe so you don't got to work so hard in that. And you just can focus on the lyrics and really painting the picture on the beats. You know, and that all comes from the in-house productions. You know, he's got a few beat billionaires on there. He brought back the old school guys like Justice League, who's really giving me that orchestra stuff. He's got a few new features on here with some people that I haven't heard of. And, you know, he got Trop on there for a lot. And I know he's done work with him throughout the old stuff. So Ross is really in his bag this time. And it's what us as fans have been waiting for. Legendary. As you can tell from just listening to this man, he is a real hip-hop historian, unlike some people I know named LeBron James. Uh, if you see the way LeBron bobs his head to music, you know he's not really a hip-hop historian. But that's a different topic. But uh, back to this, Ross. What is your top, just top three songs off it right now? You, ain't, you don't have to stay to it. Just like, what you feeling the most right now? Top three. Okay, so top three, if we're going to talk about that, I'm going to go at the number one for sure. It's got to be the Turnpike Ike. That's just the first one off the top of my head that I can say that Ross was really, really feeling his bag and the the flow, the cadence, the way the voice comes through, the breast control, all that stuff that you you know, you know want from a good rap artist, he displays. So that's Turnpike Ike. Uh, number two, I'm really, I'm really liking Nobody's Favorite. I think that beat goes real hard. It's really got the flow for these young kids to want to listen to it because I know they don't care so much about the lyrics. But yet Ross and Gunplay still body the whole thing it was it's just it's a great song right there and then number four you know summer rain that summer walker feature man that got you in a whole different mood right when her voice comes through because i her projects on her own a little too short for my for my taste eps eps <laughs> which really aren't eps because now no one knows what an ep EPs, is but right it's all good that's like that's a different thing for us to get into but as soon as i heard her voice and you put it with a ross it's just that's a great track right there, and that's when you can slap Sunny Day, Rainy Day, Buy Yourself in the Whip, Girl in the Whip. It really don't matter. That's just going to have you in your vibe. I feel you. I feel you. I definitely agree. On my first one, I agree with you. Turnpike Ike is definitely like my favorite. The way Ross is talking to these people, especially these women, it is just next level if you can have anybody say the shit that Ross got these people saying to him, man, I salute you. I'm trying to be on that next level. But definitely Turnpike Ike is my number one. Uh, number two is definitely going to be uh, Rich Nigga Lifestyle with Nipsey and Tiana. Uh, it's just, it ain't even the best 
song to me, but like I'm an album guy. I don't like. I mean, I, we all listen to singles, but like I listen to albums. I put my headphones on. I listen in my car, and that is an album cut. That is an album cut. That probably gonna be the next single. And then uh, lastly, I gotta go with Maybach Music, mm-hmm. but it's some controversy on that. We gonna segue mm-hmm. into that. Uh, but yeah, that's my top three. But Maybach Music was supposed to have. Uh, Lil Wayne and Push on it, but the one that was released only had Lil Wayne on it. We all know the background between Ross and Wayne and Ross and Push, and he did all the the build up, the hype for it, talking about we gonna have these people on this uh, Maybach music. Come to find out, release night, only only Wayne was on the track. So it's like, what's up, Ross? Like, what? Why didn't you put it on the fucking album? You know, and. It's funny that you say that because if you look at the Maybach music, you know, six credits on the back of the album, he doesn't really mention that he's got John Legend and Wayne as the features on there. He's just got the ellipsis. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, boom, buddy. Well, well, what happened there? Yeah. You know, you can't even let me know who you do have on the song, yet those are two great features. But even he himself might be a little weary to put it up there because he doesn't want the blowback from Push. Now, I know that we got a lot of MMG on this album. We got the feature with Meek, you know. We got the feature with Wale. So, MMG is definitely in full effect in this album. The team is still there. Even though they don't rep it as hard as they used to back in the days, they're still doing their thing. But Pusha, I don't know. I don't know. The ellipsis right there make me feel a certain way. Like, maybe Ross and Pusha might not be on the best terms with him saying this. But did you see what he said, though? I did. I did. I'm talking about Push. Oh, push! I yeah, he said he push said that the the record got cleared and yes. he could have put it on there and he could have put it on there. So, like, but, is that on Ross? Is it like what's up? You know, reading that, reading and listening to the whole Apple interview, listening to it and reading it are two different things. When you listen to it, you get a little lost in what Ross is talking about because you're listening to him and you're trying to really dissect and feel what he's saying and get his point across. But when you read it, you don't hear the voice and you can really be more objective towards what he's saying. And, you know, if he himself at the end didn't feel like it was the right time for them to put this this album together, then you know what? So be it. He's telling us that he has another song coming, you know, soon with Drake, with Kanye, with Push, and with Wayne. Facts. And if that is the truth, then you know what? You know what, Ross? I can deal with it. I can deal with you giving me this song with just the ellipsis, and I'm fine with that. Because I'm expecting you to give me something down the road, even if it's like a Thanksgiving something, you know. <laughs> Give me a little something to be hopeful. That little something. I'm fine with it. But, quick question. Did you hear Push's verse on it? Yes. Okay. And he definitely went crazy. Okay. So, that, that's all we need to say about that. He definitely that. <laughs> went crazy. I'm biased to Wayne because we I'm, know I'm, that. I'm we a know Wayne that. lover. Time and out. We're going we gonna to time out real quick. This man right here. Let me turn the mic a little bit. This man right here is an avid lover of Lil Wayne. There has been countless conversations of me and him going back and forth about Lil Wayne versus anybody else that I like over Lil Wayne. And don't get me wrong, I love Wayne. But old Wayne is the best Wayne and this new Wayne, I don't know what has been going on with him, but he he ain't, he ain't got it like he used to. He, 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 definitely, he definitely don't got it like he used to. Here, let me, uh, just because we're talking about this album and the different um, features on it, let me scroll down here. I'm looking at Wayne's verse 
and I'm reading through it and what he's talking about. And even reading through it, like I say, you get a different perspective on what it is that he's really saying as opposed to listening to it because you get lost in the cadence and you get lost into the wordplay and how he sounds on it. But when you read the, the shit, it's it's different. Like he says, this Wayne nowadays, it's it's not the same. He's fishing for different things to rap about because he's such a master of the freestyle flow. Mm. Whereas the young Wayne, his freestyle flow was still raw it was still new and he was still surprising himself (laughs) with you know the catchy you know wordplay that he's coming up with whereas now i feel like it's just he said everything that he can say and now he's just fishing for stuff to put together and give us a track and does not there's did you listen to last week joe button yeah so this puts him in that category of like push ross they get better with time Lil Wayne is not getting better with time. He's, he's not getting better with okay, time. Okay, that's all I need to hear. He's that's not getting better with time. You. And you know what? We got this this album coming soon from him. We're going to segue a little bit from this Ross for a quick second. Yeah. But we got Wayne coming with Funeral. Yeah. And you know what, Wayne? As much as a lover as I am of you with the droughts. It's the death. It's the death. <laughs> Please, Wayne, give, give me the funeral as your go. You know what? I would love to see him pick up the notebook for this last one and give me that Carter too. Yeah. I need that from you to send me off into the way it needs to be. But you know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Wayne. As much as I love you, push body them on this. Thank you. And maybe maybe that was for the betterment of the album to not have Wayne get bodied at the end of the album. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of funeral, maybe he should just call it flowers. Maybe that would be a little better homage to him and his career. But like Wayne, he still got some of the best flows that I've I've heard on on songs. I give him that, but like he just not he's not aging well. That's why I had that that argument of him putting him putting him up against Push, putting him up against Ross, against Jay, against uh, shit, fucking two chains, like just the longevity. E forty, like those people get better with time, and Wayne was just in his pocket, and his pocket was great. Don't get me wrong, it was a he was a goat of his pocket and his time. I'm not taking that away from him, but. We got we got to see what this yeah, album gonna come out just, with. There's just a strong change from from Carter four to today. Some something happened there where he just he lost it. You know, pre Carter four when you're giving me the Carter three and you're still giving me mixtapes. Sorry for the waits. You're giving me droughts. You're giving me the hottest under the sun and all that. It's a whole different Wayne that I can put up against anyone. I don't care who your number one is. I'm gonna argue you that Wayne is the greatest. But this new Wayne, yeah, he's he's not body of works. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to come out with that, but uh, we're going to segue real quick into, I guess, kind of full circle. We can still keep Wayne in the conversation, but how the new listeners' ears, the younger generation of mm. hip-hop, mm. how do you think mm. they perceived mm. this Ross album? Because you older now. You, we, we've been knowing each other, what, I'm older. five years now, six years? Ooh, no, way longer than that. Shit, seven? Since, yeah, something around okay, there. Seven we've been rocking year, yeah. for a minute since I for got out minute? of high school. Just just for the listeners to know, I'm 25. I'm still young in this game. Yeah, he, he's my Rory. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm young in this, you know. Me, and, me so, and the big homie right here been rocking since we opened the company together. Right. You know, now I see him on BART with them. Shout out to the Stitch Fix. Y'all some punks. Some bitches, but I still see you, and I'm still saying that I opened y'all company, all right? You got the first 20 right here in the warehouse. Facts. But um, anyways, you want to talk about this younger generation, I can see it. I work in the high school district and everything. These kids nowadays, they don't understand it. And that's where I think this Ross album, too, really comes into a full effect for the younger generation. They don't understand how hip-hop works nowadays. 
I'm going to use Lil Durk or whoever it was or someone who put out their top 50 and it was straight trash with only these new artists of today. I don't, I don't see how you could have a list without mentioning Nas, Biggie, or Jay. That should automatically be your top three no matter what. But this younger generation, they don't get it. They like the glitz. They like the glam. They like the bling bling. That's even a word that they don't even know came from 2002. Okay, bling bling. This younger generation don't know what that is. But they get lost in all that. They get lost in the mumble raps. They get lost in cadence. They don't pay attention to production. They don't pay attention to lyricism. They don't pay attention to wordplay or placement of different, you know, words. Or even that, switching up the cadence within the song and giving you a different way to nod your head. They don't see any of that. They just see uh, an ugly god or a little Uzi Vert with this little shoulder rolls and happy music videos and stuff like that. It's it's not the essence of hip hop. They don't get it. They don't. I can I walk around the high schools and I'm listening to let's just say Mob Deep. Mm. They're looking at me like, what is this? This is so outdated. <laughs> what do what do you mean? This guy prodigy right here laid down the foundation for most of every one of the rappers today. But yet, no one sees that. This guy is really my Rory. He is a real hip-hop historian, as you can really tell. But, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. Because the youth... And don't get me wrong. That's just where I'm at the point where I'm an old head now. Because I, I cut my new energy or new vibe off it with pick up the phone. Because, yeah. like, after that, it's a, it's a smash. It's a hit song. But, like, what does your album sound like? Your album don't sound nothing like what I want to hear. And like ever since then, like I just been going, I've been going off of new people. If they make a classy song or something on the radio, I really don't listen to the radio. But if I hear it, I'll hear it. If it's cool, it's cool. But I'm not deep diving on your album. I'm not giving you the extra clout that you that you want because you just came out with a hit single. Because I feel like for the past seven or eight years, everybody who was hot, they're not gonna be here in the next 10 years. They're not going to be Jay. They're not going to be Lil Wayne. They're not going to be Ross. They're not going to be E-40. They're not going to be those people. So I feel like it's just a moment of time where they just taking it. And streaming is a part of that. And he's talking big facts right now because I'm an Apple Music subscriber. I only do the Spotify for Joe Budden. So shout out to you. I'm giving you the numbers <laughs> solely. But I'm looking at the hot tracks right now on Apple Music and there is no way that Bad Bunny... Trippy Red and Blueface are above Ross. I don't. I don't understand. Is it that. singles or albums? No, these are the singles that I'm looking at. But there is no way that Running the Streets should be as far as it is. That's an A Boogie and a Denzel Curry feature. Those are two of the best New York rappers out right now who still really hold it down and put together real hip hop. But yet this is way down there on Apple Music's Hot Tracks with Trippy Red, Blueface, and Bad Bunny above it. Come on, this is the youth right here in Streaming of America who is just doesn't understand and is liking the sounds of this, this whack music. But can, can you, or a serious question, can you fault them for listening to what they think is hip-hop? We, we know what, like, real essence of hip-hop music is. We know that it's not just a single, it's an album. It's you doing your research, going back, listening sampling no, seeing these right. producers like you, you they're not right. gonna take that deep dive so do you no. hold that against them you can't hold it against them because the way that the industry is laid out with you know dsps and all that stuff and social media like i said i work in the high schools i see the kids every day the attention span today of these kids who are producing or not producing right. i should say 
the attention span of these kids who are providing the streams to these platforms, it's not there. If you don't give them a song that they can immediately vibe to within the first 10 to 15 seconds, it's going to be switched and now they're on to the next stream. Damn. So when you're giving them songs that have true content and who are really giving them real lyrics and a breakdown where they have to actually listen, it's not going to get played because the attention span is not there anymore. You know, I see kids all day got a left AirPod in and their head down. <laughs> I don't, you know, it's just, yeah. whereas me and you growing up, I'm walking around with my beats on my head with my phone in my pocket and I'm really breaking down yeah. an album because I didn't have that luxury of saying I can switch my song just like that and get the hottest shit or the newest shit. I'm sitting there on LimeWire and I'm really downloading. Uh, tell them, tell them. I'm em. really sitting there tell downloading. Tell them you DJ, you DJ too, man. You yeah. know, just say DJ super exclusive. This man is DJ too, man. I'm sitting there downloading. Mixtapes after mixtapes. I know that piff isn't still full effect, but Damn, that's even that's them, even a thing that's, that's not there anymore. <laughs> that's that's the generation of hip hop that I come from, where I have to actually listen to the shit and I'm rocking it in the whip. But these kids nowadays, it's too easy for them to say, "I don't like this. I can't give it a chance." Facts. That's big facts right there. I, I, I like you put out that point because, and even for me, like I am older, but my generation is. I, I listened to cassette tapes of music. I listened to CDs yes. of music. Yes. I was DJ super exclusive on a Napster, on a LimeWire. Yes. Like, you had to find your music. I'm not no Peter Rosenberg. I can't stand Peter Rosenberg, but I wasn't in the crates. Like, was I a DJ? Kind of, with CDs. But I still sought out music. My uncle got a fucking CD catalog to this day yes. of Facts. albums, Facts. West Coast. That's my first... Music experience was West Coast in the back of the Chevy 1500 with the speakers in the back bumping and hitting the fucking ceiling 100%. on the freeway. Like, that was my music. And you ask, what song is that? Who is that? You do your own research. Like, kids nowadays, they don't do that. And it's, to me, it, it hurts and it's unfortunate because music is very vital to our world. It shapes our lives, our our movies, our it's everyday. It's a medium of expression. Yeah. It's, yeah. a, it's a different medium of expression. You hit it right on the head where we grew up in a different age where you had to talk about the music word through mouth, you know? Word of mouth. There was no, I'm going to send this to you via text or I'm going to hit you in the DM. It's, hey, did you listen to this? Oh, you didn't? I got you tomorrow with the CD. Yes. yes. I remember being in eighth grade <laughs> when fucking Kanye dropped graduation and my homie Steven, shout out to my Steven, you know, my homie Steven O., Shout out to him, 8th grade, rocking it. But he didn't have the graduation album, and I had to let him borrow it for a week. <laughs> and the next thing you know, me and him are walking down the hallway singing Homecoming together. That's, those were the old days, man. I remember my pops, dude, just cause, so y'all know and have a background on me. I, man, first time I heard Slick Rick Lottie Dottie was in my dad's Buick off cassette that his <laughs> homie from New York had sent him. Do you see Word how it goes? Mouth. Word of mouth is what I'm trying to get at that these, these new kids don't understand anymore is that there is no more personal connection to the music. Mm. How is it that my dad's homie is taping the radio show in New York, then sending it via USPS snail mail to San Francisco for him to listen to? Fast forward, you feel me, 10, 15 years, he's having me listen to it. That's, that's, that's hip hop. That's the essence of it. That's that's what they're losing. Yeah, and they they will never get that again. Because we can, I guess that's a, a weird place to be is a digital age and this technology. Like, you can just instantly send a song. Like, are you really going to give it that much 
listen, like you said earlier, you get a song, listen for 15 seconds, I, I don't like it next. It's just so much music that's overflowed. And don't get me wrong, like everybody who out there hustling and making your music every day, but like make something that's worth listening to, too. Straight up. And, and you know what? And just because just this has me thinking in such a bag right now, but... If this was if this was the nineties and and we had the luxury of the technology that we had and that the availability to share music and everything, the nineties wouldn't have been what it was for hip hop. There wouldn't have been those major beefs. There wouldn't have been no I need to go to the West Coast or the East Coast is coming over here because we would have just been able to share everything. And there would have been not that golden age of hip hop where beef was so heavy and everyone was firing shots. And I think, too, that that's something that the hip-hop game is losing today is that these kids nowadays, they talk beef behind, you know, their phones. And there is no more, like I said, there's no more personal connection even between rappers anymore. Clout chasers. Straight up. Clout chasers. It's easy for me to get up on the gram or to hit Twitter and to troll you and to cause you to say something that you might not want to say or boom, boom, boom. You know, back in the 90s, you didn't do that because if that's what you were saying, I was really going to hop on the plane and I'm going to fly to New York and we're really going to deal with it. Yeah. Whereas nowadays, it's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to hit you in the DM. We're going to squash it right now. Hold up. I got a track for you. Let me send it. Nah. If this was the 90s, I'm going to come to your studio. We're going to really beef this out. And you know what? That might be the end of me and you and we ain't never going to work together ever again. Facts. And this brings me back to, I don't even remember when we said this. But you said that the rap game needs a beef. And that same time, this is when 6 9 shit popped off. This is when uh, Takashi... No, nah, the same person, my bad. What's the dude who got... The, the person who got shot first who started it all off. Oh, and then... Because uh, I texted you about it. Yeah, I can't remember his name. I can't remember, but like, long story short, he said like something like this needs to happen to people for people to recognize like this is not... This is not a game like... This rap shit is real, and you own social media being a cloud chaser, talking about you live that life. Real gangsters, real coast, west coast, east coast, gangbangers made music. That's where that shit came from. You told a story, and that's where I feel like the the change in music has occurred, because you tell your lies and tell some of your truths, but like we came from that era where you had to look over your shoulder. People were in gangs. They told their life. They told their life story. Nowadays, they just faking it because they think that's what real hip hop was, which it was. But they didn't go back and figure out why it was that way Straight and up. tell your story the way you told your story. If you went to a certain school, you went to college and want to be a rapper, that's perfectly fine because if you got the essence of your rap, then it's perfectly fine. You got the ludicrouses of the world. You got the big crits of the world. Like, those people live their life. Straight up. Straight up. 100%. And you know what? That even gets me thinking further into the future of that that era of the beef of the 90s. What came from that? We had probably the most funnest era of hip-hop in the early 2000s that arose from the beef. Because motherfuckers was really out there. They really hashed it out. And what did we get? We got the fun... We got the hot boys coming in the early 2000s. You know, we had... Put a nah-nah. Right? We, we had Fat Joe dropping the lean back. We had them franchise boys. We had arguably the most fun era of hip-hop arise from such heavy beef of the 90s. But then as soon as the 10s hit and all that stopped, it just became an era of social media and cloud chasing. Yeah, that's a fact. Uh, I ain't really got nothing else to say about that because it's true. It's unfortunate. We still got our gems out there and everything, but... The way it's going and the way uh, rap is. That's why I hold on to these legend albums so much. That's why I was so excited for that Ross. That's why I'm I'm here for Cole. I'm here for Wayne. I'm here for Kendrick. Like, 
they stars, but they really rap yeah. in their essence, and that's that's why they're popular in hip hop. But they also make money to the masses too. There's a, there's a few there's a few young cats like you know, and Ross recognizing on the album A Boogie with the hoodie. Oh yeah, Denzel Curry. I mean, who else? Joey Badass is another one. And I hate to just be stuck on these East Coast guys because there's West Coast guys out here who could really rap. You know, Isaiah Rashad, a lot of those TDE guys. Um, who else we got? Um, I'm trying to think of that. What's uh, J. Cole dude that came out? Oh, Boss. Yeah. Boss going hard. You know, shout out to him with the Free Milk uh, EP because yeah. that's definitely going hard. That's That's my bag 100%. But um, there's a few there's a few cats out here who are really still trying to hold on to the essence of hip hop, and you, if it wasn't for them, it wouldn't be heads like me who are still interested in hip hop. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, I'm I'm an old head, but I still get a new po- new people to listen. But I'm not I'm not listening eight times. No, I'm I'm giving you like two three. You know, listening for for content for mm-hmm. production value. How does this sound? As Joe would say, the sonics. Exactly. Sonically. Uh, but yeah, you're going to get a shot. But if you just got a single and disappear in a year, like I'm not not really going to fuck with you. No, and I'm not going to be upset at it if, if you come and you go as quick as a 6ix9ine did. Granted, the kid fucked up the industry. Man, he was making guap. Like he said, every album was top number one. But am I upset that he's gone? No. Was I okay that he even came out? I really didn't even care. But he did his thing. He made his money. He came in. He got out. Will he stay in the game? I really don't see it. But you got a Bobby Shmurda. He might come back out of jail and still really tear it up because he's one of the few who really lived that life. And he really can talk it and he can walk it. So I don't know. I don't know. Shit, I don't know either. Am I here here for hip-hop today as it stands? Yeah. Nah, not really. But do I have to deal with it, and yeah. do I have to listen to it because I am a hip hop head, and I have to, I have to listen to you because this is what the industry is. I can't be the hypocrite and say no, I, I don't listen to it and give you my opinion on it. Facts. That's not how it goes. I need to listen to it, and I need to give you my opinion on it for me to make sense. Yeah. As uh, I don't care. I'm still in this nigga shit. Rory liked one of my things on Instagram too. There we go. Okay. But uh. As Joe would say, I'm not a hater. It's just not for me. Just because you wanted to throw the little uh, Rory flex right there. Yeah, you know, I'm uh, a little flex. Maul, if you somehow get <laughs> hold of this, you and that supreme-ass Home Depot chair need to get the fuck out of here. Because that damn Supreme logo, you know, done went and dragged the price up of that Home Depot chair from $25 to about $350. That's real facts on your ass. You heard them all. You heard them. On that note, we're going to switch up a little bit. We're going to uh, venture into... I don't know what you want to venture into. You want to you wanna go power or something? Power coming back? Or... Uh, no, we can talk about power because there's, there's a few things. I'm not too sure if you heard the, the little controversy beef of this, uh, this one man who's saying that he had talked to 50 Cent and had showed him a novel or screenwriter, how, whatever it was, but he had wrote originally the premise and the characters and story of power really something around a year before the show did come out on the network and this man is saying that about by the second season or so he started seeing his novel unfold on screen and when was this is demanding 50 cent Hold on, time on, time on, time on, time on. When did this happen? I didn't heard it. I heard this story shout out to the breakfast club about a week ago 
And this was a man who had called in saying that he... He called in and he, said it. He <laughs> called in saying that he is the one who had talked to 50 and everyone. Now... Do you know this man's name? I do not. I'm sure I could look up the episode. But um, if this is true, it would fall in line with 50's M.O. Because 50 do be doing some shit yeah. and then claiming no, but still rocking with it. And you know what, sir? You wrote a beautiful novel. It is amazing. I love it because Power is a banging ass show. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. That is that's some some new news to me. And I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't put this shit past Fifty because he he gonna take what he get to get his money. Oh, definitely. That is one thing I respect about Fifty. He gonna get his money. He got his uh the next special already in the works. That's supposed mm-hmm. to come out. I think the end of next year. Yeah. Yeah, the end of next year with uh, supposedly another spinoff in production or at least in the um, the table discussions to be approved. So 50, 50 is definitely in his music bag, or not music, in his TV bag. TVM, but you 50 was doing movies before too. Yeah, and you know and what? And video games. And video, uh, uh, bulletproof. Bulletproof. Uh, yeah. Power 50 or some shit uh-huh. like that. That was. Yeah, I forgot about not that. Not the best video game, but definitely. But he fun. made a video game. He People made a video game. That. Yeah, he's still out here though. 50 is a true businessman. You know, I, I'm not too sure if he still got his vitamin water deal, but that was another big one that he had. 50 all about his money. Whether he's going to file bankruptcy to protect it or not, he's all about his money. <laughs> that is a fucking fact. 50 is going to do what he got to do. He going to talk shit. He going to troll. 50 control because he lived that life. Yeah. He, and ain't nobody going to fuck with 50. You, you see know. what he was doing, getting people money and shit. You're not going to step to 50 like that. And you talking about, hey, I gave you 2000 I need that back. And if you don't, I'm going to whoop that ass. That's 50 on you 100%. <laughs> Facts. And I'm, I'm looking right now. I say his net worth was between 30 and $150 million, So... It's somewhere in between there, but uh, that's a that's a great range of thirty to a hundred and fifty million. Yeah, because I mean, I don't we don't fact check, but I fact check sometimes. But uh, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. <laughs> that's a lot of money. That's a that's a whole lot. But uh, off of fifty, uh, as you all know, I'm a huge, huge fucking Marvel fan. Only the MCU though. I'm not a big comic book fan, but this man right here is a legend when it comes to comic books and it comes to marvel and i want to know because we didn't i don't know if we talked about uh the the phase five and just coming off of in-game and infinity war so i want to know your thoughts and how you feeling about the mcu and marvel right now so straight up i'm gonna i'm gonna go right to it i'm jumping past the next phase and i'm going into the next thing my my biggest thing coming from comic-con this year was blade okay 100 that's as being the comic head and growing up in the era where I got to see the really the true first superhero movie that wasn't even the superhero movie was Blade. Fact. You know, I remember four years old getting Blade on VHS for y'all who were even younger than me. VHS. Yeah. For Christmas. And you know, that, that was my present. It was amazing because that movie right there opened up my eyes to a whole different world that has been with me since then. 21 years and I have been a comic head. So I'm most excited for Blade. Off rip. That's that's just what it is. Everything else, I think, is definitely going to flow. I think having having to purchase the Disney Plus app Tell for them. you to really get the full experience of the next phase and not just being stuck in the cinematic world, but now you're stuck with the TV world was genius marketing on Marvel's behalf. I mean, they're really 
they're forcing they're forcing you to buy and to buy, which is a byproduct of all this net neutrality shit. Because there's no reason why I should have four different streaming services to enjoy TV when I have Comcast, but whatever. Facts. Uh, interesting you said that about Blade, because a lot of people don't know. If there was no Blade, there would be no MCU. Facts. Like, straight up. Like, I don't know if people know the background behind Blade and how the success of Blade. I remember seeing that shit with my mom in the movie theaters. Like, and then the uh, the second one, not the first one, though, the second one, because Blade opened the door for Iron Man to see a person doing that because all the behind-the-scenes shit with, uh, with Disney and Marvel and the ownership and all that shit, like, Blade set that up. And if you really know, you really know. And then what you said, too, about Disney Infinity, I say Disney Infinity, Disney Plus, it should be Disney Infinity, though. Yeah, really, uh, for real. Disney Plus. <laughs> They tried that shit before with the TV to to movie with the Agents of Shield, but it was just like a little thirty second cameo, like oh, you, movie come out this weekend. Like here's a little tidbit of information, like you can find it out later. But the way they doing it now, like you have to watch these TV shows to keep up with the the story. And me personally, because I'm fucking biased, everybody know that I post this shit all the fucking time. But I love that shit to be able to come home. You don't have to wait six months to a movie. You can watch a little eight to ten season miniseries about Loki or about uh, Wanda. Like, exactly, it's fucking smart, smart. and it keeps you in their bubble. And they don't want you to leave. No, and it's a happy bubble. They don't want you to leave because we get. What do we start out with right here? You got Black Widow. We start on five one twenty twenty. All right. So you get that movie, and I'm sure that Falcon and Winter Soldier. That's the next thing that's coming. I'm sure that that's gonna follow maybe a week or two after the movie's release and like you said that'll probably be an eight to ten episode season and that's eight to ten weeks that'll probably lead me into the next movie being the eternals exactly you know or something like that that's gonna hold me over now they got already a release date right here for eternals being from what does that look like a november shot but yeah november that's six. a that's a little bit of a wait right there but like i'm saying in the meantime i have something to hold me over and something to still give me story. So Marvel and Disney, they're just they're on a whole different ball game right now when it comes to putting together a, a storyline in general. This is probably some of the best writing that the cinematic world has ever seen. Period. That's real talk right there because there's no way that they have been constructing this for 20-something years and now they're going to give me probably another 10. <laughs> oh, off rip, easy. And this, and the, the fucked up part about it is not fucked up, but just the crazy part about it is they announcing this shit, but they already know what they have plans for for the next however many, like you said, ten years, and it's probably already finished. They just got to put cross the T's and dot the I's. But for me personally, like there will never be another story told like the Infinity War story. No. Yes, I'm fucking excited about this Phase Four, Phase Five, and so on, but like. Just how they started with, like, we talking about with Blade and just getting Robert Downey Jr. revitalizing people's careers. Like, there will never be a more perfect collection of movies and just actual people playing these roles and bringing these characters to life. That's why I feel personally it will, it, will, it won't even come close to it. Like, it's, that, that's Jordan. Phase one through phase three is Jordan to me. 2008 to 2019. There's no way that you can't tell me that that's not one of the greatest runs of movies, comics, everything, just in general. I can't think of another franchise that might top that. Maybe James Bond, 
because it just had the how allure it is. Yeah. I, I I would put Bond up there though, there, that, but that, it's different stories. Every oh, time way though. way different stories. But I don't think that longevity, you, yeah, longevity and diehard fans. Yeah, there's I don't think you can compare any other storytelling or series besides Bond to what the MCU has done because Bond is crossing over in Britain, it's crossing over in other parts in Europe, it's here in the states. Wait, I segue. What about Star Wars? I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. You know, Star Wars, I think, is a tough one because if you go into the Asian market, I don't think they really have the connect with Star Wars like how they do with the MCU. That's true because there is no Asian characters until the last one with, uh, what was the, uh, I can't even think of the name. But that, but that's right there. That just proves the point right there that you can't even remember the name. But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. but, I, but I can, but immediately I can go to Manta right now in the MCU, you know, and, and there, there's a prominent Asian woman there. You go to Bond, and he's all through, because it's the time, I can say it, he's all through the Orient. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's just, that's what it is. So I don't think that there's anything that can compare to what the MCU has done for movies and the cinematic world like how Bond has done. And especially with the longevity, because they actually did hit the 20-something movies just like how Bond did. Yeah. <laughs> so are you going, personally, I'm on, on my park shit, are you canceling anything to get disney plus yeah sadly i don't i don't need to do the warner brother app because i'm already subscribed to the dcu app Mm -hmm. so there's no need for me to really have the warner app and i got hbo on my comcast so (laughs) i'm not stressing there so yeah that's one that i was thinking about buying but i guess now that i need the disney plus app i can do without that but um just just a quick segue though Away from from the MCU, because I mentioned the DCU, they're coming in hot this year, and I think that they might give DC a run for their money when it comes to TV with this whole Infinite Crisis thing. That I will agree with you on, because you know me, like I love, we didn't have conversations about this, the DC movies, cartoon-wise, them shits go so fucking hard. Hard. Just uh, like last month, Batman Hush? Man, like, if those movies were on the screen from DC, like, I would be flipping a coin between Marvel and DC. Because Marvel, they ain't got shit on DC when it comes to that. And I love DC for that. Yeah, that definitely, in the comic world, DC is killing Marvel. 100%. Hands down. 100%. And you know, this Infinite Crisis thing, I think if you're a true comic head, just like how most MCU people are, you can appreciate it being that they want to cross over multiple Earths of the dcu because there's 52 of them they want to cross over all 52 worlds in a crossover event on tv and people like me are jacked because there's a possibility to see mark hamill and kevin conroy the real joker and the real batman on tv live action portraying these characters and that is the same excitement that you see when you just bring somebody who's never been on a screen before. Because you've been looking at these comics. You've been looking at these people for for years. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a huge comic book fan like Bobby is. But, like, I've had my run on comics and seeing the, uh, the well, I don't even know what the word for it is. The, what do you call the stories? Uh, story arcs. Story arcs of these characters. And, like, you get in, interested in specific areas of certain stories and that's the difference when you 
or a movie fan versus a comic book fan, like it's specific stories that interest you and bring you into that world that you relate to. So yes. from that perspective, like I completely understand because like the 52, like that is, it's so many possibilities. It's endless opportunities of people and comic books and bringing back people and creating people that, that I'm excited to see too. I mean, when, when if you're a comic head and even if you're not a fan of DC Comics or any of that stuff, when you hear this initial intro, you know what's happening. <laughs> I mean, there is there's no denying you you know who is coming onto the TV. Yeah, and you know this is what we call nostalgia. This is yeah, exactly. This is nostalgic, you know, and for a true. DC head like myself to actually say that, hey, I can see the Batman that I grew up with on TV, the cartoon Batman. I'm actually going to see him live action on TV. That gives me the amount of excitement that I had for Infinity War yeah. to come out. And and that, that's no knock on, on no one's Batman at all. But like, that's the thing about DC, like I was saying earlier, it's so many different ways their stories are told that makes it important because it's a different way to tell about Batman. It's a different way to tell about Superman and Justice League and all that shit. It's more than just these are the screen characters, this is the movie, that's it. With this live action it's more it's more roads to travel down and that's 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 something that's beautiful to see. I mean it's we know him as Luke Skywalker and everything, but if you if you're from the era of comics and everything, you know Mark Hamill as the Joker. Facts. And a lot of people didn't know that he was even a Joker. Yeah. That was trippy to me. And, you know, if you know further on the history, he himself didn't even think he was going to get the job of the Joker. Come to be that 20-something years down the line, this man is still the Joker. Shout out to Heath Ledger possibly portraying the best, you know, version of him on TV. But that's not the Joker. The Joker is Mark Hamill. Yeah, we remember... DC, to me, is always nostalgic of cartoons in comic books. Facts, hands down. Cartoons first, no disrespect. Hands down. Cartoons of Batman, that when you hear, like, you played that sound, like, that is nostalgia and brings me back to fucking eating my cereal on the floor, waiting for Batman to come on, like... 100%. 100%. And that's not a knock to Marvel. That's not a no, knock to Marvel. No, that's not a knock at all. But you know what, Marvel? Y'all gotta step it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not hating on y'all because y'all give me so much enjoyment with all these different phases. But you know what? Hush is killing y'all. Yeah, man. Hush. Hush is... If you ain't seen Hush, go see that shit. Go download it. Go uh, buy it. Stream it. Whatever you got to do to see it. But DC movies, cartoon movies, have got to be the most nostalgic, exciting thing. And they cuss on there, too. Like So it's it's real raw. It's real what you want to hear. It's real action and... Just exciting to watch. So check that shit out, Batman Hush. It's grown. They never let me down on anyone. I don't know what's coming out next. You know, or TV um, or movie. From the DC Universe, I think the next big thing that we have coming is going to be the Joker with Joaquin Phoenix, which is interesting in, a, in its own right because that's not a direct correlation to anything to do with the, you know, the DC world. People are saying that this is going to be its own original story, right? It's going to have its own arc. But, um... Am I here for it? Uh, I'm not too sure if I'm here for it. Am I excited for it? Absolutely. But am I here to really say that it's going to be a big money maker and really give me the excitement that, say, the Batman is going to have? I don't know. Um, checking right here on upcoming movies, we got the Joker uh, 1004. 
that's an October shot, and then it looks like we're short for the rest of the year, starting 2020, with Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of a One Harley Quinn, mm. which actually might be solid, because... Wait, Harley Quinn solo? So, Birds of Prey, for those who do not know, is going to be the Huntress, Black Canary, and Harley Quinn, also Oracle. So, we should get all four of those in the movie with the appearance of uh, Black Mask being portrayed by, I believe, Ewan McGregor. Who's going to be Oracle? Not too sure. Um. I know that they released a teaser uh, promo for it maybe three, four months ago. Could be solid. Rob- Margot Robbie, her and her fine ass are always going to be up there. But Facts. Yeah, so we're starting off that for 2020. I'll just give you uh, two more. Then we're starting off February 21st with uh, Bloodshot, which is supposed to be Vin Diesel. Uh, Bloodshot is an Image uh, House production comic, one of the biggest of the 90s. I believe this was a... could be wrong on this. I'm going to have to do my hard fact check. But um, All good. All good. I think this could be a um, Jim Lee and uh, Rob Liefeld comic. But yeah, anyway, so that's uh, that one. And then get a little break. And April 3rd is an untitled DC film. So, I mean, there's a few dates for things to be excited about. Yeah, as long as there's something to look forward to. Gotta, gotta hate on Marvel right now because y'all been pushing this new Mutants back for the past year and a half. But hey, whatever. but we got, uh, what is that shit on, on Hulu? Uh, shit, I can't even think of the name. Runaways? Runaways yeah, is yeah. my shit, man. That, yeah, Runaways is dope. But, uh, yeah, we gonna, we gonna get off of that. Marvel head, DC head right here. We're going to segue into, I think the thing that brought us uh, together the most and hated each other the most is these sports right here. Mm, mm. He is a, he's a weird one right here. I he's am a, he's a, a die-hard Seattle Seahawks <laughs> motherfucking fan. All right, we've, I am 12 to the heart. I will ring that bell, I will raise that flag, and I will stand in century link with my peoples, and I will chant the 12. Alright? You done? You done? But I, I give him his respect, because he done been there. He he be rapping. It's just weird when you see somebody in your, your area. I mean, I can't hate him anyway, because I'm a Niner fan. I was never a Raider fan, but when I, when I was growing up, the Raiders was in L.A. Niners was winning. My mom put me in a Niners thing, but everything else is town business, but just Seeing the, that's like seeing somebody walking down the streets in Oakland with an Arizona hat on. Yeah. It's just weird. But yeah. I respect him because he, he really that fan. And yep. I've been rocking with the Seahawks since 2002 in them great Sean Alexander days. Just so y'all know. I learned cover how to, of Madden. Learned how to play Madden that year with my pops. And the only thing I could do successfully was run that eye formation <laughs> with Sean Alexander. And I was busting touchdowns. And you know what? Since that day, I have been diehard 12. And it's that simple. I'm a big baseball fan. I'm an L.A. Dodger fan. Again. Living in San Francisco. Francisco. <laughs> you already know that I catch that hate, but it's blue all day. We about to go to our third world series and lose, but fuck it. We gonna get there. And I gotta be a Boston Celtic fan because my dad grew up in the amazing 80s with Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. And his man was Larry Bird. So you Larry know legend. I grew up wearing the green and that's just what it's gonna be until the day I die. So yeah, I'm a funny one when it comes to sports. Yeah, but he reps all of them correctly and very well. They they all over the place, but they're his team. So 
with that. I want I want to know what you think your Seahawks gonna look like this year with with Russell back. Russell older, he didn't run as much last year. He got some new receivers, but Baldwin he gone. Tyler Lockett there. So um, Mr. Stepdaddy Russell Wilson, future. Uh, we gave him some weapons. We got a DK Metcalf, possibly, possibly the rookie of the year. Possibly. Possibly. Bro, he hurt right now. He ain't even on the field. He, that's just right now, though. But this, so you giving timeout, timeout, because we gonna really dive into this because it's football season right around the corner. You think that DK Metcalf is gonna be more of a receiver to your team than Tyler Lockett? Absolutely. absolutely. Really? Absolutely. You know what it is that really has me thinking that is the man is so young. But he's got such an NFL-ready body, and no one has seen him. It's going to be the Jeremy Lin effect. I hate to use, I, I hate to use I hate to use insanity as, as the example here, but when you when you don't have the scouting, I know that the scouting, but this it's college to the NFL. Okay, when you don't have the knowledge of the person, and you get them on the field, and then you really experience what it is, I think that's going to be a shock to a lot of these these backs in the league. Because this boy DK Metcalf, hurt or not, he's gonna come. When he's healthy, he's gonna come in a monster. And with that arm that Russell Wilson has got, it's gonna be nasty. And you put Lockett in there to fill the slants, or even just run up the seam to cause a distraction. Do what you want, run the flat. This boy DK is gonna come in nasty. Well, I, I, I hear, I hear your biases, but also the X's and O's in that field. I do not see. DK Metcalf doing better than Tyler Lockett. I just don't see it. Don't get me wrong. He can be. It's possible for him to get rookie of the year because y'all ain't got nobody else to pass the ball to. No one. No. So one. I, I can I can feel you on that part. But him being more of an impact than proven Tyler Lockett already, I don't see that. Yeah. No. No. I, I get you. I get you. But, but I, I guess that that's your hot take. We gonna we like gonna like see. like you said. I'm very biased because maybe I'm just maybe I'm too juiced when I saw DK come in draft day. Shirt off, getting Carol yeah, okay, with his yeah. shirt off. I might just be a little too hyped on my boy right now, but I really think he's going to be the weapon. We need a run. We need a running team. That's the staple of Seattle football. If we can't put it up the gut, we're going to have a hard time. Our defense, our defense should be okay. I'm not. I'm. It's going to be better than last year. It's going to be better than last year. I think Mr. Ninety Nine is going to definitely have another standout year. And he's going to give me a lot more sacks. I'm at least looking for a solid 15 to 20 from him. I don't know about 20. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know who else we have who can rush the quarterback <laughs> like a Bobby Wagner. So my man's definitely be getting the free call. Okay. So, I'll give you that. Y'all do got the best linebacker in the league. You know, I, I, there's going to be a lot of free range from him. My team's going to struggle this year. I'm being honest with you. I don't see us getting more than eight wins. We, we might, we're going to probably sneak into the wild card. Me being... The fan that I am, you give me the wild card and the least possible. Anything I'm happen. happy. Yeah. I'm so you going you going eight and eight for Seattle this year? Yeah. Yeah. Either Who are you giving a division to then? The Rams? Yeah, sadly. Okay. okay. Sadly. I don't want to give it to the Rams. I don't. But that's a that's a nasty team and they really got it. Gurley is just a beast. He that's that's what it is. Golf is probably gonna have another good year. Yeah. <laughs> we, we gotta see what's up with Gurley Nito, but they still got weapons. They got the to me the best receiving core in the the NFL right now. Yeah. So you can't really fuck with them. I mean, there's always there's always the Brady. It's not even the Patriots. It's always the Brady. The Brady. That yeah. is that who you got coming out the AFC? Man, I got that man coming out with the Super Bowl. 
until and he, there you have it. Until he until he proves to me that he can't get there consistently and he's not competing at a high level anymore every year, it's always going to be the Brady. And it's not me being a Brady fan. It's just that this man is truly the GOAT. Facts. He got six of them. <laughs> he got six. Uh, and like you said, you can't, until he stops, you can't say anything else about it. Like, he's 42 years old, about to be 43 next year, just got paid $23 million a season, uh, $8 million bonus on his check from last year, winning the Super Bowl. He just, he, he's the smartest quarterback there is. So, I mean, I ain't got no, no bias, but I, I do see the AFC Championship game being the Colts versus the Patriots. And I, I would put my money on Tom Brady, but I would hope that Andrew Luck would be able to get over the hump so he can finally get his his shine that people thought he was supposed to be. But money would still be on Tom Brady, though. You know, I'm, and just because I'm a, I am want to be a, a money guy right now because we're talking about football, I'm looking at the highest-earning uh, quarterbacks in the league, and my man Tom Brady is in the 14th. Yeah, he got paid. He got a, he got a bonus. from. Uh... He got a bonus, but he's still not even really getting paid all that much, and that's what you call a true GOAT. Okay, he is man. He takes the cuts for the he team. He takes the cuts for the team because this man wants to win. And not saying that my boy don't want to win, but I don't think Russell Wilson really needs to be making thirty five million dollars, bro. But he got paid. <laughs> he got paid, and you know what, my man, you living with Sierra, you good? Yeah, little future's good too. <laughs> you good? You got that family secured. But you know what? Just it's Tom Brady this year. Until until he proves me different, it's Tom Brady. All right, we 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 gonna agree to disagree on that, but we'll see. And the next topic about still staying in football realm, I know you wanted to talk about yes. this. Yes, uh, them them Oakland Raiders. They was on Hard Knocks Week One. Did you catch Hard Knocks Week One? Uh, I'm by no means a Oakland Raider fan, nor or, am I, or just a Bay Area sports fan in general. But you know what? I watch every game. I know every player. I'm not ignorant of my city sports. But, but Mr. Antonio Brown, <laughs> I don't understand what's going on with this man and, and the Oakland Raiders. It doesn't make any sense to me. First, you want to go sleep in the cryotherapy chamber and forget to wear your booties. Talking about my feet is frostbitten and I can't practice. And then you want to come the next week talking about this band helmet that y'all are making that I want to wear. I can't wear because y'all are making me wear this one that impedes my vision. Now, if there's a prima donna in the league, it's definitely going to be an Antonio Brown. Because this man is talking about, I don't need to play football. I'm good. I got $30 million in the tuck. And my house is paid off. My dad is good. My mama good. That's not the point, Antonio. The point is that you signed a contract and these people pay you money. You need to fulfill your end. You need to play the game. Regardless of your own personal whatever or how you feel about it, man, you signed a contract and you got to get to work. I'm tired of these NFL people, players in particular, even the NBA players, that's a whole different thing though, forcing the trade or being able to hold out with no repercussions. So, to a little background right now, Antonio Brown has a YouTube channel, right? And I found it weird because he was literally right down the street from my uh, my house because he was watching YBN uh, at the New Paris do a performance in this same day. Shout out to YBN, uh, Corday, definitely got a hot album. Yes, he does. And then they homeboys, right? So if you watch Antonio Brown's YouTube channel, there is a, a video that came out 
uh, on August 1st, and they talk about that it was in Paris or some shit that the crowd should happen. But this man got a hand-delivered cryotherapy thing to his fucking house. And I think that's when that shit happened. Because why else would it be in Paris Then you got your homeboy getting a facial with some cryotherapy, but they never show Antonio Brown in the cryotherapy thing. So I'm like, I'm calling conspiracy theory. I think Antonio was at the house fucking around, talking about my feet hurt, then put that shit on his feet. So I don't know what all these super reporters is talking about, but I'll put the link in the bio if you want to watch this video, because he on some fuckery, getting faces with cryotherapy. That shit like negative 200 and something degrees. I don't get it, but Antonio Brown is a piece of work. I'll tell you that. The, all these guys in the league who have the power of Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown are just the two that I'm really upset about right now. Granted, Le'Veon is looking like he's going to be a monster this year. I see him in camp making hard cuts. He looks fit, young boy, ready to play. That's bullshit that he can sit out for a whole year and then dictate where it is that he wants to go. But can you blame him? No, you can't blame him because he's giving you those crazy fantasy football numbers and he's getting you wins for the Steelers and arguably the best back in the league. Arguably the best back in the league. But that's still bullshit. There's no way that I can hold out for a year and still dictate where it is that I want to go. Man, if this was the NBA, you know where he gets sent? Minnesota immediately. But NBA players get money. They get money, but they're still... Still along the same lines. How is it that fucking, uh, what's his name, the Brow, can sit out a few games say, I'm not going to play until you find a place to trade me, and the place needs to be somewhere where I want to go? Okay, let's talk about it then. Let's talk about it. The difference between the NFL holdout versus the NFL, I guess, trade me. Like, if you got a player who is under contract in the NBA, it's a pl- we all know the NBA is the players' league. The NFL is the the organization league. That's the players right. have the power in the NBA, and yeah. that's within their power for them to do that. Chris Paul allowed this because he was a new commissioner, not commissioner, the new uh, president. Fuck it, say commissioner. Well, yeah, he's a new Fuck commissioner it. of the Players Association. He made sure that when he signed these new deals, he's actually grandfathered into the the law that he signed for players to get their money after the age of 31 years old. That's why his ass got traded because he made he about to make 38 or 37 million dollars this year. <laughs> if if he didn't sign that thing, he would be cut, but he got that big ass cap number. That's why his ass in OKC. So you got the brow coming telling people, "I'm not playing. Trade me." Which is in his rights from the Players Association, so you can't blame them for doing that. You can't blame them, but you know what? It should. It goes back to principle, and you know what? I signed a contract, and I'm part of the team. I need to be there for the team, and you. But that a, contract is athlete, not to the team. It's, it's true. not to the it's team. It's not to the team. But as an athlete, you go out there and you compete with your team for the brotherhood and for the fact that I'm not the only one who wants to win. And that's bullshit that these guys have the power to do it. I, I get it that they're allowed to do it and it's within every right for them to do it. But man, you got to play the game because you love it. And, and getting paid or not, man, is that not what brings you joy in this world? Is to play ball? And isn't, there, isn't that what you want when you join the league? Is that you want to play ball at the highest level? You, you don't enter the draft, NFL, MLB. NBA, NHL, I don't care what major sport it is. You don't enter the draft for those sports saying, I want to get paid. You enter it saying, 
I want to compete at the highest level and I want to play with these guys and show my worth. Yeah, but you... I mean, even the kid from the Jets was saying that, man, I'm out here in practice and the rookie, I can't remember his name right now, the lineman, man, I'm out here in practice and I'm just so joyful, I'm fulfilling my dream that I even got to step back and say, shit, I'm getting paid for this. Yeah, You see, that's how it should be. The aim, I was having this conversation with another friend last week. There are a lot of instances in this world that the way things should be. But they're not. They're not. AD is a grown-ass man. He's been in the league, what, seven years now? Something like that, yeah. Seven, eight years? Yeah. He got money. He got his money. He got his contract. He came out one and done. He on his, about to get his next contract. And he going to get paid till he has that power. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, we all hope that we want to play with each other and for the love of the game. But it comes down to business the same yeah. way Trump president. He don't care about how you feel. All he care about is money. Yep. And this is what it boils down to. My money, I sign this contract. I'm, my contract is to the NBA. It's not to this team. It's not to this organization because the Players Association made it. So no matter what happens, he's going to get his money. Yeah, that's that's true. And I think in that sense, the MLB in baseball might be the only professional sport left that has a sense of loyalty. Because you got players like Mike Trout who are on a losing team and probably won't make the playoffs. And if they do, they won't go far. But they paid that man half a billion dollars. Half a billion. <laughs> half a billion. Say that again to play baseball. <clears throat> billion. That man got paid half, half a, a billion. billion dollars to play baseball on a losing team. All I'm, guaranteed. All guaranteed. And you know what? That's that's loyalty right there. <laughs> that That's called fucking loyalty. And loyalty, I think the loyalty, MLB is loyalty. the only... The only sport that actually still has a sense of pride in playing the sport for the joy of it. All right, now, like I said, I'm a big, I'm a big Dodger fan, and what we do the best is steal players from other teams. So loyalty might not be the the biggest thing on our side, but you look at the Yankee players, them motherfuckers, they stay there their careers. You look no, at, they steal them from Oakland. Then they yeah, stay, yeah. Then, then they yeah. stay in the. Let's start, in the yeah, okay. how about that? But you know, when, once they get to the Yankees, they, <laughs> they, they find a home there and they stay. The motherfuckers become loyal to the organization. It's not like the the NFL or the NBA where y'all want to rock with y'all for a solid uh, three, four years, and I'm out. Don't worry about it. Pay me on the next contract. No, the MLB that they still got it right. They still do. If they loyalty is that hard, what does the NFL have to do to get these players to stick around, to want to stay? You know, I think that comes back to the... Uh... Do you think it should be an, an open salary cap in the NFL? Not open, but just more along the lines of basketball where the fixed cap is going to have more income than being... I think before you could even talk about paying the players and everything, the sport itself is a big money maker. But that's compared to a lot of... NFL or NBA? The NFL. Okay. The NFL. The NFL is, is a big money maker, of course. But in terms of major sports in America, it is at the lowest in terms of the money. Basketball players and the organization, the NBA makes more, and the MLB definitely got more money than anything. The NFL is at the lowest of the top three major sports. And but with, they are the biggest earner, though. But they are the biggest earner, and they are the most watched. But... In terms of the perspective of the money, they are at the bottom. And if there was a way for them to boost that and, you know, say to compete with 
the NBA. They're never going to compete with the NFL because the motherfuckers are paying half a billion contracts. So that's a whole different ball game. Yeah. But if there was a way where they could compete with the NBA in terms of the money value of the sport, then yeah, I could definitely see I can definitely see a lot more being paid out, but like you said, it's it's they don't pay them a lot of money, so when these guys see the money grab, they go for it cuz they need to secure the future. Yeah. Whereas the NBA guys, they have the luxury to chill around for four or five years waiting for another big contract yeah and and get paid being a a mid a mid-tier player getting 15 million a year to do nothing not do nothing i mean these all professional athletes this is it's a different levels of money if you ain't never felt that kind of money being a millionaire like it's different but just in terms of being a rookie getting paid eight hundred thousand to being a mid-tier player getting 11 million, being a, a a max player getting 28 to 30, then being a super max player getting 30, 40 million dollars a year, like that's a big ass gap difference. And to put that in the NFL, I, I think it would do a lot of wonders, and it'd save a lot of people's lives because it it gives you safety and longevity, and more people want to play. So just just right here for, for y'all to get the perspective of it, top contracts across three major sports. You got Russell Wilson, $35 million. Switch over to the NBA. You got Stephen Curry making $40 million. And you go over to the MLB, and you got Mike Trout with $430 million. Ooh, Half a billion. Half a billion. <laughs> let, me, let me go back to NBA one more time. Steph Curry with $40 million. I said 40 Let me go to the MLB one more time. $430 million. Mike Trout, and that that was a record. That's the record. Fuck. That's the wait. Record. What did um, what did uh Bryce Harper get? Bryce Harper. All right. So now we can talk about the world's top. Uh, let's just go top five because I got a okay. list of top ten. But we'll go top five. These are the world's top earners in major sports. You got Mike Trout, four hundred and thirty million dollars. Canelo Alvarez is literally getting paid a million dollars every day this year. His contract is three hundred and sixty-five million dollars. So every day this year, Camilo <laughs> Alvarez is making a million dollars. Fuck that. Bryce Harper, three hundred and thirty million. Another million dollar man, pretty much every day. Damn. Four. You got Gina Carla Stanton with three hundred and twenty. Yeah, he, he do. He do. That, he Bryce do Harper, it. I don't. I don't know about. And then after that, rounding out the top five, you got Manny Machado's bum ass with three hundred million. So there's just a lot of money that just gets tossed around in the sports world, but a lot of that too is the fact that they draw a lot in the um, the TV world. I mean, everyone wants to watch Canelo play. If you're a baseball fan, you want to see Mike Trout play. You know, you want to see Gina Carla and you want to see Manny Pichado along with you know Bryce Harper. That's just what it is. It's it's the the value of watching these guys why they get paid so much. Yeah, it's, it's TV money. Is uh is fans? I mean, people want to say that nobody watches baseball, but those tickets are still sold because you got people buying season tickets. They gonna get their money. They make sure. I know this personally because I was a season ticket holder for the Warriors, and these motherfuckers call me every single day asking when do I want to come and select my tickets. I'm not because I'm not going to the fucking Chase Center. Nope. That shit is not even that luxurious. Luxurious. Nope. 
It's in the fucking middle of downtown San Francisco, and I cannot wait till there is a basketball game and a baseball, baseball game, game on the same, same fucking night. day, bro. No, I so, cannot wait. So for those of y'all that don't really know San Francisco all like that, let me break it down for you. From where Oracle Park and where the new Chase Center are going to be are literally within a mile distance from each other. Now, if we get both games sold out on the same night, Traffic in the motherfucking city is going to be ridiculous. Bro. Okay, it already takes me long enough coming from Daly City, which is only 20 minutes, to my house on a traffic day. That 20 minutes could turn into an hour and a half real easy. Now you want to throw two professional sports on the same night? I'm looking at an easy two, two and a half hour commute. More than that. Yeah. On some real shit, because I went to the... Uh... The tour thing where they show you like, yeah, this is where the the your seats will be. This is where the arena is. Don't get me wrong. It was this was the most lavish shit I've ever seen. Their suites are literally apartment buildings with personal chefs inside each individual it's suite. Silicon Valley. Yeah, it's money. It's money. But we uh we asked, what about parking? So the dude he looked his dead in the eye and said, uh, so we're making the new uh. The thing they've been making downtown for the past like twenty years of the the tunnel. That's specifically for Warriors games. I never knew that. And they said that they want fifty percent of their traffic to come to the games by uh public transportation. I was like, that's cool, but I drive, bro. Like I drove here. He was like, Yeah, we got uh five thousand parking spaces between uh Oracle Park and the Chase Center. And they only have 1,500 parking spaces on the premise of the Chase Center. All the other 4,000 parking spaces are the fucking parking spaces that you use to go to fucking the Metreon and parking lot A at the fucking uh, Oracle Park. Like, that is going to cause mass fucking hysteria. And he had the nerve to tell us that this the same amount of parking spaces that it is at fucking Oracle Arena. I'm like, no, it's not. Because clearly, your ass ain't never been to a game. 50% of the people park at BART, bruh. 50% of the people park at BART. I don't know how many stalls is at BART, but I'm pretty sure it's more than this at that fucking Chase Center. You know, I don't know if whoever planned this arena was really thinking in the most practical way, but San yeah. Francisco is only 7 by 7 miles square. We only got 49 miles to work with here. And you want to clog my seven miles with all this traffic. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> Bro, uh, two months ago when they was finishing the Chase Center, just a regular getting off work five o'clock traffic, I went down there to take pictures of the uh, Chase Center with my drone. And I left at 545 and I didn't get home till 820. Ridiculous. Because there was so much congestion and traffic in that one area of people getting off work just from a detour of them working on the fucking chase center. So what do you think is going to happen Ridiculous. when people let out at 10 o'clock at a fucking Warriors game and 10 o'clock at a Giants game? It's going to be like stupid. Leaving, it's going to be like leaving out of Vegas after a hot boxing match. It's right. Be ridiculous. <laughs> I You're mean, not moving. I've been there for Pacquiao Mayweather in Vegas. And let me tell you, the traffic out of Vegas back to L.A. is ridiculous. You're stuck for three hours. You're not leaving the greater Las, uh, Las Vegas area for three hours. That's pretty much what it's going to be like out here. It's just gonna Two be, times a week. Yeah, just going to be a shitload of cars with a whole lot of lights and a lot of standstill. I don't know. You know, that's real San Francisco problems right there for you. Yeah, man. That's why I'm, <laughs> I'm on my Gary V hype. Like, 
I I said fuck it. We got our championships in Oakland. I'm still a Warriors fan, but I'm over the Warriors in, the, in this Chase Center. But uh, yeah, fuck them. Because that traffic is stupid, and you ain't getting my money unless you give me free tickets. Yeah. Yeah. I heard a lot of good eateries supposed to be coming around there, so. Yeah, don't get me wrong. <laughs> like, the way dude broke it down to us, it's it's legendary. It is top-notch. It is, it's literally a fucking Lego building. They can cut it in half and make it a concert, cut it in three-fourths and make it an orchestra, the whole arena. The first people who open in the arena is fucking Metallica. It's not even the Warriors. Like, it's just... It's just disrespectful to me, but... Yeah, yeah, but I will say when Bad Bunny comes, you know, might have to be there. <laughs> I don't... It might, might bring a, a few good ones. You heard the, it here first. To the Bay Area. But you heard it here first. His information will be in the uh, in the bio, so check him out uh, <laughs> if you go into that concert. Uh, but yeah, man. I mean, it's just... It's, it's a lot going on. It's a lot going on in the city between sports... Between Silicon Valley, Salesforce, I mean, the city is just getting hot, and tech is just bringing in more and more money, and we can't stop it, and what's going to come here is going to come here. Yeah, you, that too, Salesforce, that's a whole different uh, generation of people coming in downtown to go to work, more traffic on top of that. Straight up, you know what, I'm going to go way off topic right now, just because we're talking about the Salesforce on a, on a quick little win, but... um I've been watching a lot of HGTV on my homeowner shit. Okay. And um, I see a lot of these houses out there in the Midwest and shit. Brand new houses, you know. Beautiful houses. Full reno. Whole shit. Motherfuckers is paying $450,000. let us talk about it. Let's talk about these prices being too damn high. $450,000. Talking about I got a three bedroom, two and a half bath, fully renoed. House that I paid four hundred and fifty thousand dollars for, when that that can't even get you a a two bedroom one bath here in, in the Bay Area. Nowhere in the Bay Area. Nowhere. We literally got million dollar houses here in San Francisco that are for shit. I mean, for absolute shit. And don't even have a backyard. That don't even have a backyard. And when I look out my window, I'm looking at the neighbor next door behind me facts that's real facts and you know what man that's that's attributed to this tech money coming in ask these people coming in here that's salesforce that's that's amazon that's google that's all these people there's no there's no reason why i can't buy a house in in my community but you know what if i want to buy a house as you know a 30 year old man when my time comes i gotta move out of state Facts, I gotta look to Texas. I gotta look to different places. You can't do that here in San Francisco. And you know what? Chase Center coming in here is gonna do what? That's gonna even drive home prices up even more because not motherfuckers is gonna want to be here for that. Yeah, man, it's it's real because I, I know a lot of a lot of my friends are real estate agents, and a few of people I know have moved to Texas, moved to Las Vegas, moved to Denver because you can get a house or not even a house, just a cool apartment. Three bedroom apartment, three hundred forty thousand dollars here will not get you anything. If you take three hundred fifty thousand dollars to Atlanta, to Texas, to Las Vegas, that will get you a three bedroom house in a backyard, Idaho, I'm fucking Cleveland. Mansion. I'm building a mansion in those those landlocked <laughs> states. You can give me three hundred fifty thousand. Talking about, let's go to Oklahoma, man. I'm about to say fuck buying the house. I'm buying the land and I'm building my shit. Yeah, commercial <laughs> real estate for real, man. Like that's that's what people gotta know because it's it's way too expensive. Shout out to Tim. I know you was on this hype too. You put out a, a poster 
a poster board of like all the hot spots in California and the cheapest place to live was in uh fucking I can't even Crescent think, City. But it was past it was past <laughs> Tracy wow. for for thirteen fifty. Shit. And that's that's if you work in the Bay Area, like that's commute. Unless you telecommute or you got a job that you can do at home. But not everybody got a job you can do at home. You can't make your money not being here. So it's just like a big ass clusterfuck of money versus jobs versus do I need to move out of state? Like, because yeah. we all at that point right now where you just got to manage and just see, is it really worth you moving out of state? I can't even say all of California. I can only really just say Northern California, man. It's, it's such a divide. Yeah, the Bay. It's such a divide here between those who can really live here and those who want to live here. It's, that's real. That's real facts. You know what? I mean, if it wasn't for being in a spot that's got rent control here. Shout out to rent control. Shout out to rent control. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't being in a spot that got rent control, motherfucker would have been moved back then with his parents. Yeah, man. But you know what? I'm lucky. I got a cool landlord. We got that rent control. And I'm blessed to be able to say that I've been moved out since I was 18. Facts. That, pe- that peace of mind, man, it's hard. Not everybody. And don't get me wrong. It ain't nothing wrong with living with your parents in, this, in the Bay Area. Because I was thinking about this the other day. Because I remember when Hoes used to be like, oh, you live with your mom. Like, you damn right I live with my mom. Right? I'm like, in my dough. <laughs> you think I can afford to live in this place? Fuck no. Hell, man. I'm yeah. th- that's real talk right there, man. If yeah. it wasn't for having direct control and, you know, being as grown as I am at a young age, a motherfucker would be back in with his parents. And you know what? I would have a girlfriend complaining about, why is your dad downstairs? Because yeah, <laughs> I'm stacking and it $3,000 to live somewhere. It's like, not, that's not popping. That's, that's just real facts about the Bay Area living. But uh, that, that's a whole different that's a whole different thing than what we've been potting about this whole time. But that's just no, but we 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 content kings. We, that's uh, something that needed to be said. Yeah, because we talked about Chase, and you know what? You got to talk about the community and the impact and the money. That's where it come from. Straight up, hard facts, hard facts. And we we've been on this hype. Last lastly, we gonna end this with some conspiracy theories because I know this is right up your alley. Mm. I don't know if you want to go first because I got my conspiracy theory, mm. but you, I'm gonna let you go first since you the guest. If you got anything, okay. That's so been on I the mean, brain. And since, since I'm being let to go first, um, the big thing on my mind when it comes to the conspiracy theory is is that Netflix had just dropped the uh, little limited series, The Family, mm. and uh, man, 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 the power of religion, the power of religion, and I'm, you know, I'm not going to say I'm the most religious guy, but I definitely do believe that there is a higher power. And I will say that there have been times where I put my head down and I had to speak to the universe, God, however you want to put it. But, man, the power of religion and the, and the money that that brings in and the influence that it has across major politics and across global finances is astronomical. And the way that if you preach a word and people believe it, man, they'll bend over backwards for you. They'll die for you. They'll do whatever. You know, there's... How is it that the most powerful man in D.C., according to this doc, is the man that you never heard of and runs probably the most secretive religious organization in the country? It's 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 a trip when you really think about that shit, right? And to see it on, on a screen and them know that they still do it and they don't give a fuck about it is it's crazy to think about. And people move money with the fucking, uh, what's the shit that burned down? I can't even think of the name. Trillion dollars gets into that, uh, the cathedral. Uh, Notre Dame? Yeah, Notre Dame. Like, the money moving because you get persuaded from your religion that this is the right thing to do for money that's just like that. Real it's crazy. This, 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 it's not a hot take. Y'all can take it as a hot take if you want. But the biggest gang in the world is the church. 
Biggest. Oh, we hell yeah! Hey, that but some can take that as a hot take because they they really are about this religion. But that's the biggest gang in the world. I mean, I believe it. I'm not too sure if other people do, but I really do believe that the church off the Pope that one year, Pope whatever Pius the Fourteenth, whatever his name is, because he was laundering money from the mafia into the church as a way to clean it. I believe they off them. I do believe that. I, I know the church is shady. You know, there's yeah, we'll go back even further. The Inquisition. You don't think they got paid for that shit for witch hunters? Hell yeah. You don't dude. think that they were making money off of that shit? And even still to this day, you don't think that the Vatican is having money funneled into it via ways that we don't know? In ways we do know. And the ways same, that we do know. The same way the United States of America, people think that that is their religion, and they will funnel their money into it how they see fit. That's real. Same talk. principles. That's real. You put talk. religion on top of it. You put America on top of it. You put uh, what's the shit that was uh Tom Cruise was in? Not Illuminati, but uh, oh, Sci- yeah, Scientology. Scientology. Yeah, like it's all the same shit. How you manipulate somebody can get you whatever you need. It's like the the NRA prime example. It makes it spends three hundred million dollars a day. Like who the fuck gives you three hundred million dollars to even a day? Like and I I ain't going into a whole different conspiracy about like guns and shit, but just it's an organization that spends three hundred million dollars a day. How the fuck Stupid do you though. even do that? Stupid though. That's that's ridiculous. That's three hundred million dollars a day. For something that y'all can't even police properly. Fact. It, ma- it makes <laughs> no sense. But yeah. it's, it's just funneled money. Because we we always be amazed by seeing millions. But these people move billions and trillions of dollars. And that's, that's the shit I've been like on my conspiracy theory with. Because I found out. I don't know if I talked about it on another podcast. But like with Warren Buffett and the mm-hmm. loopholes and the mm-hmm. charity. Like. His daughters and his sons have their charities in their name. You get 5% every year on a charity paid to you tax-free. His charity donations reach the billions of dollars. His children are set for the rest of their life getting paid 5% of how many ever billions of dollars. They ain't got to worry about it. They're so smart, and they blind you by saying that it's called a charity when all reality is it's truly a payoff. Yeah. (laughs) That's checking and savings. That's what that shit is. That's truly a payoff. That's not no charity. That's not... All right, $300 million a day and I can't get a $2 raise at work? Facts. You're kidding me right now. You're kidding me. That's called a payoff. That's not... That's not going to charity. That's... It's ridiculous. For something that they can't even police properly here in the States, they're spending that much money. That $300 million could go to... I'm just going to use San Francisco as an example. That can go to a drug rehab out here. We have a real major homeless situation here. $300 million in the NRA every day? Fuck you. Money movement. And it ain't just going to a special place. It's moving money. It's going towards advertising. It's going towards purchases. It's going towards everything. Yeah. And the the people who funnel it move that money. Just like with dude, um, I can't think of his name, but he made a huge donation for it. But they covered it up because it was a part of Trump's uh, campaign in 2016. I can't think of his name. But it's it's just all connected. Like Marvel, man. Man. It, it's, it's fucked just up to see. Just because you're talking about these big money players and you brought up Trump's name. You hear that uh, they found Epstein? Uh, yeah, that, that happened this morning. Yep. Found him uh, hung in his cell. Man had off himself. That's another man right there. Funneling he was money. A pl- exactly. Funneling and, money. And people will... 
it, it pisses me off that people always want, alright, fuck it, super conspiracy theory. It's not conspiracy theory, but it just pisses me off that people always want to talk about and post on Instagram and Facebook about don't shop here, don't do this. And it really pissed me off because they always talk about Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're funneling Donald Trump's uh, uh, money by purchasing Chick-fil-A. No, I'm not. Because at the end of the day, if you did what you were supposed to do with your research and figure out that you were supposed to vote locally, then you vote state, then you could have your Democrats in fucking Senate and in the House, then it wouldn't be red. Then you would have more power. The control is not money. Yes, money is a beautiful thing and it's powerful. But the data, if you've seen that fucking shit on there, it's the data. They persuade you to buy and manipulate your choice. Mm-hmm. That's data. Data is not data. Data is your choice. To choose what you want to fucking see. You chose to see Donald Trump in the world the same way. I say it all the time. And Donald Trump going to win this election anyway. Don't You can hate me if you want to. But it's just everything the in the world. Yeah, it's where we live. And people in the world don't realize being in this bubble, living in California. You nine times out of ten, you ain't never been to the South. You ain't never been to the middle of the United States. Mm-hmm. That's where people live that respect and support Trump. The same way Obama gave black and brown people the power to, to make businesses, he Trump is giving these people to act out how they really feel right now. Yeah. America was built off these principles of hating you for a select reason and taking everything that you have. Point blank, period. And don't tell me anything else about Senate, about you voting. That is the root of America. Facts. Period. Hard facts. The greatest reality TV in the country right now is the presidency. Facts. <laughs> CNN, Fox News, everybody talk about it. That's the that's the greatest reality show that we can pay attention to right now is our president. And that's 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 fad. That that's sad. And it, and it is it's a fad. It's a fad because we don't have a commander in chief. We have a celebrity in chief. Yes. And and people get mad and upset about it like it is what it is. We can't you can you can't impeach him cuz he's the president. And he gonna win. I don't. I would put money on it. And I. It's not like I'm saying I want this fucking man to be president. But I don't see any other way around of people not taking their own ownership and doing their research to do this shit before 2016. Because changing the vote now ain't gonna do nothing. Nah. It's not. I'm sorry. Like if you call me the the pessimistic person about it, but. I just don't see any will because there's too many people who are on the Democratic side who are too far apart. There's no one individual person who gives you the the heart or the hope to do anything right. Because if that was the fact, then Hillary Clinton would have won, even all her evils. Yeah. But that goes into a yep. whole another thing about women voting and women being a president. Like that's a whole another conspiracy. I mean, just because you bring up the women right now, I think the only the only woman right now who really can give someone a run for their money is Elizabeth Warren. It's because she gives you that real that real mom attitude where she's really in your face with the sternness talking about this is what needs to be done and whoop, whoop, whoop. And you know what? It is going to get done. But even with that shit, man, it's not enough. Not enough. <laughs> it's not enough. It's it's Sleepy Joe who's uh, in the head of the polls, and that man don't he's getting flamed every debate. Yeah, and it's not, and that's the thing I hate too. Like this just turned into a fucking hate session. But people who wait till now to look at politics, you don't need to vote. Yeah, you don't because you you, don't. you need to have this information this time last year when nobody's running to yeah. figure out what these people have been campaigning for consistently for the past year, not whatever lie they're gonna tell you on a fucking. 
on a fucking debate screen. Yeah. That's the last time that you want to get information on somebody. Because they're going to lie to you. That's what politics is. It's lying to your face about, I'm going to do this. And this is, this is where people think I'm an asshole. But this one thing I do respect about Donald Trump. Donald Trump does everything that he says. Yeah. That is, and that's a fallacy. That's why I compared him to, uh, to Thanos. Yeah. Because Thanos has logic behind his his thinking. I compared this to the fucking evil last week with the shooting. Like, when people have logic to their ways, it's nothing that you can say that is right or wrong because that's a moral issue. What he's doing is right in his eyes, and I cannot exactly. dispute that. Exactly. But how he affects people is something that is wrong. The way that people get treated in these camps and all that stuff and people getting mistreated in the, uh, the children and shit, of course that shit is wrong. Him not saying that he inspires evil in this world, that's not right. But the principle of him doing what he sees fit, I can't. you can't dispute that. You can't change anybody else's point of view on that. Hard facts. But do I want him to be president? Hell no. Nah. But like, it's, it is what it is. So people got to understand that. I mean, the Thanos analogy is perfect for those who who just want to start, like you said, looking at politics right now because Thanos, in his own right, was thinking clearly. He had his reasons and he had his logic. Whether it made sense to us or not, it made sense to him. Yes. And the motherfucker did it. Yes. You know? It's it's exactly the same principle. Do we understand what's really going on in Trump's head? No. Are we ever going to understand what's going hell on in his head? Hell no. But you know what? He has his logic that makes sense to him. And is he going to go through with it? More than likely, most definitely. Yeah, and that people—that's that's something that I respect about him. Like I don't like I said, I don't want people to think, oh, like you you a Trump supporter. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm a supporter of logic. This is one perspective to another. It's all fucking angles. Like Trump does what he does, and he does what he does because he wants to. Yeah, and he's I I personally think deeper conspiracy theory. The reason why he wants to become president is because he couldn't get a football team in the '80s. Point blank, period. Okay. And I can't get a football team. Fuck y'all. I'm going to run America. And that was his snap. Yeah. Yeah. Hard, 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 hard logic right there. If I can't, if I can't run, <laughs> if I can't run America's most watched, you know, spectator sport aside from NASCAR, because that's really what it is. But if I can't run that, then you know what? I'm going to run what it is that runs you. And then I'm going to go and fuck with you. Yeah. And that, that's his logic. And, it's hard to get people to, like, grasp that because, like, you, you, you over the same kill as me. Like, I'm not just in that, that bubble. Yeah. I'm looking at the whole picture. And that's the whole picture of Trump. He's moving off tactics of him being hurt as a human. Yeah, very bitter, getting, man. Yeah, he's bitter. Like, but aside from the politics and shit, people can't see that. They can't separate, oh, Trump did X, Y, Z, therefore X, Y, and Z is happening. That's not necessarily true because a lot of things that are happening happen under Obama's watch. They happen under Clinton's watches. Laws and shit were passed. Happened under Bush. That Bush signed. Like, there is a connection of things going back. Fucking Joe Biden signed a fucking bill that put systemic uh, racism and fucking people being in jail. Black, brown people being in jail. But, like, people pick and choose whatever constitute their ideal. Like, look at the bigger picture. Like, it's always a bigger picture. I think uh, I think what it is, too, is that Trump might be actually the most human president that we, we've ever had. And that's why middle America voted for him. Exactly, because this man doesn't think in the terms of the politics and the logic. He, he's thinking, at, he's reacting as a human would. 
he's reacting as how you and I would. He reacts, or not, you know, me and you, but as, as a regular, yeah, as a regular, regular person, he he reacts in that way and he responds in that way. And I think that's what it is. Is like you said, a lot of people can back him because they see the the humanity in him and they can see that he's a human and he he gets riled up about things and you know he's making comments to people at these rallies and yo you know it's the whole thing that Ebro loves to flame with oh look at my african american <laughs> you know he says shit like that where you know i can i got my homie here next to me and you know we can joke around like that but that's it's not that's not the point trump that you can say that to get the human connection man at the end of the day that's wrong yeah that's and wrong. and that those are the evils of him that people can't separate from him being the president yeah like he's still a unserviceable president i'm not i'm not disputing that nobody's disputing that but i'm just talking about his logic and him being a horrible human being i mean he's a real estate guy he's a real estate guy he looks at this country as him being a landlord (laughs) yeah he won't all he wants is money when he gets out he's going to be protected for the rest of his life he's going to be able to go back into his business ventures with even more clout and prestige than he had before. Straight up, straight up. If you if say if he does not win this next election, we will see The Apprentice. Yeah, <laughs> on YouTube, we, on on Amazon, we will see that. You can, you know, mark my words, put a little timestamp right here on this. I'm I guess. calling it right now. My man will. We will see The Apprentice again after his presidency. Yeah, man. Presidential Apprentice. You feel me? <laughs> you feel me, man? It's just it's too much going on. Yeah, man. It's the world we live in. What can we do? Hey, I guess that's it. On that note, we can't go no further. It's the world we live in. You got anything last last closing remarks to the people? Let them know if you want them to follow you or... Yeah, if if you like what y'all hear and you know want to follow me on the gram, ComicBob415, always repping my hometown. Get in contact with me. Like you said earlier, I'm an artist. I draw a little bit. If you like what you see, you want me to do something, just hit me up. We can talk about it. But, um, yeah, man, it's, we're just talking about perspective. And this has been my perspective to his perspective. And we make it work and we flow. And that's what humanity is about, man. Damn, bars. <laughs> On that note, thank you for listening. As always, it's just my perspective. Up next, I don't know. You want to pick a sleeper? I'll do it Ooh. after air. But uh, coming up next. I think, you know what, just because I'm, I'm Latino and uh, – my sleeper is on some whole other hype right now. I've been slapping that Bad Bunny and J Balvin Oasis. Okay, we gonna make that the sleeper then. I, th- I think that just that album right there, any song off of it is Como uh, Un Bebes. That's the one right there. I think that might be my jam for the summer. So That's his sleeper. It's coming up next. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you next week. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, comment, share, tell two friends or tell two friends. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Yeah, Oasis. Lego, Lego. Trato, trato y queda nada. Peleamos otra vez, otra vez, otra vez. Otra vez, otra vez. Trato, trato, a veces me habla. Y a veces no también. ¿Por qué? Como un bebé. Mami, ya, mami, ya. Cansé de pelear, no. baby ya, baby ya, ya, no esperes que yo responda Y solo dame un break, 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 creo que tú jodes como la ley No diga de nuevo que
baila pa' mí, baila pa' mí Me gusta yeah. la manera cuando me lo mueva así Así que baila pa' mí, baila pa' mí Me gusta la manera cuando me lo mueva así yeah. Baila pa' mí, baila no. pa' mí Me gusta la manera que tú lo mueves así Baila pa' mí, baila pa' mí Trátame, que Trato, trato y queda en nada Peleamos otra vez Trato, trato, a veces me habla Y a veces no también Porque como un bebé Mami ya, mami ya Me cansé de pelear Baby ya, baby ya No esperas que yo responda Y solo dame un break, break, break Creo que tú odias como la ley No digas de nuevo, ok Trátame bien Yo no estoy pa' pleito Baila que yo me deleito Al ritmo de mi canción Claro que tienes razón Yo no voy a discutir Mejor te empiezas a desvestir Ey, pa' que te voy a mentir Ey, chica ya Y dale, baila pa' mí Baila pa' mí Me gusta la manera cuando me lo muevas así Así que baila pa' mí Baila pa' mí Me gusta la manera cuando me lo muevas así Baila pa' mí Baila pa' mí Me gusta la manera que tú lo mueves así Baila pa' mí Baila pa' mí Hoy así, ye, ye, malote Aunque tú va a ver ni mujer Hoy así, ye, ye, malote Aunque tú va a ver ni mujer Tell me what you want, tell me what you want You know I go give you, yeah, yeah If not loving you want, if not loving you need You know I go give you, yeah, yeah Dami Lola, Dami Lola Cause your body love no be bana Mami ya, mami ya Mami dami break, break, break Y dale baila pa' mi Baila pa' mi Me gusta la manera cuando me lo mueva así Así que baila pa' mi Baila pa' mi Me gusta la manera cuando me lo mueva así Baila pa' mi Baila pa' mi Me gusta la manera que tu lo mueves así Baila pa' mi Baila pa' mi Mr. Easy We make it easy Baila pa' mi Latino gang Oasis Bad Bunny, baby Baila pa' mi J-Bobby, baby 